0: Hello everyone, I'm Dana Stewart-Bullock and this is Transformational Therapeutics. In today's podcast, I will be talking about regulation and state. Not the kind of state as in United States, but the state of our being. I will, of course, first define it and then talk about how to go about seeing ourselves and the state we are in, in any given moment. In any given moment, how our bodies regulate themselves and the feedback loops involved All contribute to the state we find ourselves in. These physiological states have a large impact on how we perceive our world and on our relationships. They are a language in and of themselves. This language, though oftentimes unconscious, has a huge impact on us and everybody around us. So, welcome to another way to see language.
1: Hi, Dana. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Today, we are talking about the topic of state, correct? Correct, and regulation. State and regulation. Can you start by just explaining what those are? Well, again, I'd like to define the word state.
0: The word state comes from a shortening of the word estate, partly from the Latin word for status, which means the manner of standing or the condition that you're in. So I'm going to use it in that manner. It could be an emotional state that one is in, a physical state one is in, a neurological state it applies across the board. But it's a mood or a state that you find yourself in.
1: Can you give an example?
0: Well, the first example that comes to mind is I've been reading Fiona Hill's book. And she talks about sitting waiting to be interviewed for a university position. And she gets up when she's called into the room to be interviewed. And either one of the girls sitting next to her on purpose or not, her foot was out. And so Fiona Hill fell flat on her face and hit her nose on the door sill. And she talks about feeling so humiliated and embarrassed. Those are two states or one state in her case that are a result of circumstances she found herself in. So embarrassment is a state shame is a state, joy is a state. We all know what they are in our bodies so that each state we have has a physiological corollary in your physical form.
1: What you're saying is that each of these emotional states we find ourselves in also have a physiological state that's linked with it? Yes. That it changes our body internally? Yes. Can you explain more and talk about that? So
0: any emotion that we have, any emotional state that we find ourselves in is manifested not only in our brain, but also in our physical form. And it's manifested in posture. It's manifested in the ability to move or not move. So for instance, if you're embarrassed and and your cheeks get red, embarrassment is a state and red cheeks go along with it. Mm -hmm. That's just one example. If somebody humiliates you And and this is across the board in mammals. I mean, you've seen it in in dogs. If you feel humiliated, you sort of collapse. Your posture, your shoulders droop, your whole body sort of collapses, and that's an indication of the state that you're in, the emotional state.
1: I I think this subject is so important because it feels like in our culture— we tend to separate out everything. When you go to the doctor, they tell you to go to the foot doctor. You go to the lung doctor, you know, obviously more professional terms than that, but we're dissected. So I feel like we may also separate our emotions from our physical body, but just you pointing out red cheeks with embarrassment. Okay. Well, yeah, I can, uh, I can understand that, but I think it's, it's really important to discuss even more. Well, I think it's important to really understand that there is no
0: state that is not also in your physical body. That because of the kinds of feedback loops we have between our physical form and our brains and our regulatory mechanisms, every feeling state that we have or are in is manifested in our bodies. There is no separation. There cannot be.
1: I feel like a lot of us don't realize that. So how does being aware of this Like, what does that offer us? Well, many of the states that cause
0: a physical reaction in our bodies originate early in childhood. Many of the emotions and feeling states are wired into us early in childhood. We oftentimes aren't aware that that's where they're coming from. And oftentimes, the state that our body assumes, like collapse if we're ashamed or humiliated, are states that originated as I said, in childhood, but we're not aware of it. And the reason that happens is because a current situation brings up feelings that are unresolved from childhood. And those feelings manifest in a state or a posture. And we don't realize, we associate them with what's happening in the present, but they may actually have been wired into us early on. So each state that we find ourselves in has a time associated with it, and that time is from an earlier time. It may be from the present time also, however, it also comes from the past.
1: Right, so I can resonate with that if I'm having an argument with my husband or if my husband says something And I react. And then I look back and say, why did I react that way to such a little thing? Like that wasn't really warranted. And then I dig a little deeper. It's because some part of me, some some unresolved part of me kind of flared up from childhood. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. And that unresolved part of you that flares up
0: has a time associated with it. And by that, I mean, there's an age. So that when you're in that flare up with your husband, you are not the present day age. You're the five-year-old or the 10-year-old that is responding to your husband. And that's why it carries such a force to it. And it can be seen as a signal to you, as you said afterwards when you look back and you said it was not an appropriate reaction, a signal that there's some unresolved emotions in your unconscious, in your body, that came up in this situation And this allows you to process those emotions and let them go so that they can stop influencing you in the present. These are past feeling states and emotions from another time, an earlier time in your life, that are now rising up and impacting your present day relationships.
1: How does one process those emotions like you just said? So in the same example, how do I process what came up after the fact?
0: Well, you already noticed after the fact that your reaction was overblown. And now that you know that it comes from a different time, just simply knowing that, knowing that it was the five or six-year-old in you that was reacting to your husband, acknowledging it, and then going back to him and saying, that was my five-year-old. I'm sorry, that wasn't me. I mean, I'm sorry has a huge amount of power to it. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went into Home Depot yesterday, and I was looking for these certain containers that I had seen online, and I was in a foul mood. It was really interesting, and these women were there behind the information desk. There were three of them. They said, no, we don't carry. The only um, buckets we carry are those right there. And I said, no, 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 you carry these other." No, we don't. And I got pissed. It was really interesting. And I said to her, so if I find them, will you take that back? And she looked at me, and she said, yeah. And so I walked around the entire store like five times. I could not find them. (laughs) And I was going to sneak out the back door. (laughs) But the back door was locked. You know, the gardening center was locked. So I had to walk past her to leave. And I thought, you know what, Dana, slap yourself. And the three of them were standing there. And I went up and I said, you were right. Sorry, you were right. I said, I saw them online. She said, oh, yeah, oftentimes stuff online we don't have in the store. So I had to swallow my pride but it changed her day because I was obnoxious and I knew I was being obnoxious because, I, you know, it's the third store I'd been to and I wanted them and I was worried and it wasn't appropriate to the, to the minute mm. because it changed their state. Because yeah. what I did in challenging her is I sort of threw my irritation at her and because she was working at a store, she had to suck it up and be nice to me mm. and that was inappropriate on my part. And that's why I apologized on the way out. There was no need for me to do that. That was like a little kid having a tantrum. Mm.
1: So, uh, there was one time my very first job where someone did that to me and apologized, and I still remember it. That was because it meant something. I think <laughs> so, it makes
0: all the difference yeah. in the world. Yeah.
1: Maybe not to everybody or every situation, but I think it it can. And
0: so when, when we think about things like getting angry, unless you're in peril there's really no reason to get angry so that would refer back to a prior time when you were feeling powerless and exerted your power through anger but in the present moment there's oftentimes no reason it it doesn't mean you don't get angry it just means that you don't push your anger on someone else you can observe and say wow this really ticks me off but it doesn't mean i have to yell at you or react to you in that way. I can own my own anger in my own state and not put it on somebody else. Now that anger would be appropriate if somebody were attacking me and that would be an appropriate reaction, like physically attacking me or even verbally attacking me. You know, you talked about the body and the mind. I think it's more important to separate out ourselves from our emotions so I can separate out any angry reaction I have from me. I mean, this is an angry reaction, but it it's my anger. And look at it and say, is it appropriate to the current situation? Just because somebody's yelling at me doesn't mean I have to get angry just because they're angry.
1: Sure. Well, and also, it, when you word it that way, anger then can become a little flag saying, hey, there's something unresolved here that you have a choice to, to study further if you want to. And looking it maybe not in the moment but afterwards like after I walked away from the conversation with my husband and realized that I reacted in a way that did not make sense for how I want to react in that situation and oh that was a little flag saying hey there's something unresolved here that I can study further
0: and I look at it as a signal I look at those kinds of things as a signal to me to then investigate it further and ask myself why And and then it takes me down a path where I can, even if I don't come to the actual original time that this state was instilled in me, I can know, having this knowledge about states and regulation, that this is an old state, not appropriate to the present situation. How can I change it in the present so that this state isn't driving me? Because these states are in our physiology, and they are
1: literally our unconscious. So then by bringing them into your consciousness. By watching the signals. By watching the signals. And then the next time where, let's say, my husband says something that I immediately have that knee-jerk reaction, I might notice it before I even do it. And then I might think, oh, hey, this is that. Maybe this isn't what he's saying. And that
0: also can be a drive for you to, you could either articulate it verbally right then and there, like, oh, I'm having a knee-jerk reaction to this. And it can then become a conversation between the two of you, and it's good fodder for humor, actually. Sure. So it's actually another way of connecting in truth. Like, I'm truthfully having this reaction, and I know this isn't correct for the situation.
1: Absolutely, because otherwise... If not, we might be both interpreting the situation as, he made me upset, and then he might think she is upset. I think it's important to
0: understand that there are very few instances in which someone else can make you have a feeling. Your feelings are a choice, and they're often a choice that is influenced by what happened to you historically. But you cannot make someone feel something any more than you can make someone love you. Even though we all may try that in our lives, it really doesn't work. 100%. And the point of owning your own feeling states and hopefully having another person own their feeling states, you then can meet on another common ground where those two feeling states are not influencing your interaction. We're just acknowledging. I like to talk a lot about emotional honesty, and I think so many of us are not emotionally honest. And just being honest by saying what you're feeling. I feel humiliated. I mean, there's something about that honesty that just deflates everything around, i found.
1: Well, especially the way you just said it, I feel this, not you made me feel, exactly. because that changes everything. Because when we acknowledge, when we learn, because so many of us don't even know this, that another person cannot make us feel any which way is a profound thing to discover. And then you have more ability to own your own emotion, realizing, well, if that person did not make me feel this way, then I must be feeling this way. So I'm feeling humiliated. And the truth is,
0: they're your feelings. It's your feeling state. Nobody has control over that except you. Right. Particularly as an adult. children, it's different. But as an adult, those old feeling states arise because we're in similar situations to what we've been in originally. But but that doesn't mean you have to keep feeling the same thing over and over again. Hmm. And I once had a friend call me. This was years ago when I had my practice in Manhattan. And we were going to meet up for a movie and dinner or something. And she said to me, um, we were going back and forth on what movie to say. And and she said to me, she said, oh, Dana, you make me crazy. And I remember saying to her, just came to me. It's like, I cannot make you crazy. That's your choice. And that little phrase... Your choice. I don't say it out loud. I say it in my brain when I'm interacting with someone who says to me you are doing this or you are doing that and it's really no it's your choice. You're putting your feelings on me and that's your choice. I have my own feelings. I got enough inside of me to deal with without having someone else put their feeling state on me.
1: Sure. But it like coming full circle the way you described The the quote we opened with, coming full circle, the way we experience the emotions will often happen before we're even aware of the thoughts. So in our own interpretation, we might see this person enter a room and have this wave of a state, and so we just logically think, oh, this person made me feel this way. But when you really break it down and recognize, oh, wait, no, this is a representation of something in my past, or this is something else that's all on me, my responsibility, then you start to recognize that, oh, it's not just this person.
0: And there are times when I think about, just for myself, people have said to me, you're choosing this, so you can choose a different state to be in. And in that moment, oftentimes I cannot, I'm just not capable of it however, acknowledging that I'm not capable of it is the start. Like, yes, I know you, you believe that I can change that. Right now I can't. And that's okay.
1: Right. Well, and I think by the way I hear it, when you said to your friend who said, oh, Dana, you make me crazy. And you said, no, that's your choice. To her in that moment, she might have felt this uncontrollable craziness that she really did not know that she had a choice to not feel. But The choice is by looking back and reflecting over it and seeing that, wait a second, it wasn't you that made her crazy. And I have a choice to see it differently. Maybe I'm not at the point where I can stop it from flooding my whole body in that moment yet, but I have a choice to see it differently and work my way towards that.
0: As you say that, I think it's really important to understand I did not say to her, that's your choice. People say that to me and I want to kill them. (laughs) I simply said, Lori, I can't make you crazy. That to me is a statement of fact. Sure. And that's that's less likely to bring up the reaction and the resistance. I cannot make you crazy.
1: It's also the saying that it is a choice implies that we are conscious of it in the moment. And what we're talking about is these subconscious experiences coming within us. So we don't have conscious choice in the moment, but by this very awareness, we have the power to develop conscious choice, right?
0: Yes, and saying you have a choice when in reality you don't is a judgment call. So saying, I can't make you crazy is very different from saying you're choosing to be crazy. And that in the language in and of itself is an important differentiation.
1: Hmm. So how can transformational therapeutics help us kind of untangle this subconscious concept of state? Well, again, I'll refer back to the whole podcast we did on power
0: and skill. And to me, this is, this is a development of a skill over time and practice in understanding what forces actually drive us. And I use the word force to describe unconscious feeling states that drive us having first starting to have the skill of noticing that this is happening, I tend to see the emotions and the emotional states as teachers. It's like, oh, there's another teacher. I don't have to like it. (laughs) It's Mm. like physics. I don't like this at all. However, it's there to teach me about myself. And I can see it just knowing that that's how the physiology works. I can see it more symbolically. And by that, I mean the symbolism is... In this instance, I am symbolically a five-year-old right now, and a five-year-old acts that way. Oh, that's interesting. And just put that information in my inbox and know that there are feeling states that are unconscious in me that are popping up. So I see these different states as teachers. For instance, in in our culture, and, and I talked about regulation and being able to regulate the state we're in, In our culture, we do a lot of things compulsively, and doing something compulsively means you are not regulated. You're doing it without choice. You're compelled to do something. For instance, to eat compulsively, or to starve yourself compulsively, or to be chronically angry. And if you're compulsive about something, you don't have a skill in the face of that compulsion. And those compulsions are oftentimes feeling states that are driving you, driving one to eat or be angry or be depressed or whatever. And so just being aware of it, that these are some really primitive emotional drives and old emotional patterns that drive all of us.
1: How do you develop that awareness?
0: I think just by what we've been talking about. A, by knowing that that's how the body and the mind work and B, by starting to notice. And you described it in the interaction with your husband that afterwards, and we're all not stupid, we we can all look back and say, yeah, that was an overreaction. And that overreaction happened because an old unresolved feeling state came up and sort of took over. It's very subtle, you just have to start somewhere, and you can leave an interaction and go back in your corner and just think about it, it just has to do with thinking and, and looking at it and knowing that primitive states arise from our unconscious and drive us particularly emotional states just knowing that and looking at it so um our old sort of emotional baggage which is in our unconscious our unconscious is our body brain it's not separate it's our body brain is one unit those emotions are what actually stop us from adapting and some of our rigidities are based on our rigidly held emotions from a long time ago. There's a phrase emotional intelligence there's a wonderful book by um, Daniel Goldman that, that talks about that and when our old emotions are driving us we are not really very intelligent in the emotional arena So I like to talk about regulation and state. And if I can't regulate myself, so I drink or I do drugs or I have ADHD or OCD, or I'm acting out, all of these labels are really describing an inability to regulate and be supported by a healthy regulatory mechanism inside of my nervous system. And so I don't have much equilibrium in the face of what Life throws at me, and and the whole point of this is to be able to have equilibrium in the face of drama, trauma, whatever is happening to me in life. And the labels of like OCD and ADD and drug addiction and that sort of thing, they identify the emotional state, but they don't tell one the underlying problem. And for me, labels are a full stop because then I get stuck on the label. So I have let's say ADD, and then there's a whole thing that goes with that, and there's, there are drugs to treat ADD, and, but it's not really addressing the why. Why do I have an attention deficit disorder? What in my brain body is not able to regulate itself? And if I want to be more able to regulate it and be more in charge of the emotional forces that are driving me, Yeah, the emotional states, but they're driven by unconscious emotions. Mm -hmm. If I can learn to see the signals and investigate what's the underlying emotion, what does it feel like if I have to pay attention? What is the emotion that actually comes up if I can't jump around with ADD, if I have to stop still? And that's just the beginning. I once worked with this young man who was diagnosed with ADD, and he said to me, not even realizing it, he said to me, yeah, I'm good all day in school, but the minute I think about coming home, I get really nervous and I start having ADD symptoms. That right there is a lot of information. Mm. That tells me that there's something in his home life that is behind his discomfort and his inability to focus. So this is, I'm sort of rambling, but these are different ways to gain access, if you want, to gain access and to gain power in the face of these states that actually influence our relationships, our interactions, I'm not able to regulate my whole system, my brain-body system in the face of these emotions that I've suppressed and are in my physiology. And as they come up and they come out, I am sort of in their thrall. I'm not in charge. And that to me is changeable if one wants. First, it has to just be identified.
1: I think it's something we've all experienced, that feeling of powerlessness from a state we are in and now just through this conversation expanding the possibility of awareness about it and exploring it afterwards exploring it within it can create empowerment and possibly allow us to process things that have not had a chance to process so we can move forward from them and not only move
0: forward from them, but move forward with another person, perhaps if it's come up in an interaction like you were describing before with your husband, to move forward with him in a different way, sure. once you've identified the fact that that's that you were a kid in that interaction and and said to him, "You know, the five year old was up today. yeah it doesn't have to be such a big deal. it's We all have so much judgment around it, it's just it just yeah. is. And it's normal for everybody. Everybody on the planet has emotional states that they've suppressed that are in their physiology and that will come up inappropriately in an interaction. Yeah. So what?
1: Hmm. I love labeling it like that. That's such a factual statement that really helps. Because I think so many of us will question, wow, what was wrong with me? Why did I react that way? I'm such a terrible person for having said that.
0: And so it brings me back to my reliance on anatomy and physiology. I just really believe that that it gives us all the information we need. So if you know that physiologically your brain, body are connected, your emotional states are suppressed in them, and they're going to come up, and the the skill is in noticing that they're up, noticing under what circumstances, and at some point perhaps trying to change that
1: love that. If you enjoyed this episode and got something out of it, and you can think of three people who would benefit. If you have friends that are interested in going on journeys with you and joining in, it could be so fun and valuable to send this episode to some friends or your partner or work relationships, and then have a discussion about it. Like talk about these things. And if you want to support this show, Just take a moment and hit subscribe, give us a review and a five-star rating. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week.